Yo, welcome back, or just welcome. You might be a new listener. And if you are a new listener, welcome to the village. It's the community where we uh, here at For the Dub support women. And we support the wins of those women. So thank you for tuning in if this is your first time. And if you are a returning listener, what up, though? Uh, This week's episode is truly, it's inspiring. Um, I got to sit down and have a conversation with a remarkable, phenomenal, beautiful, intelligent, fascinating, fucking badass of a woman, Monica Marie Jones. Um, And if you do not know who she is, you're going to get to know her in this episode. She is remarkable at what she does. Um, She's a life coach. She's a trainer. She's an educator. She's a teacher. She's uh, everything. Everything. Uh, Monica and I crossed paths a few years ago uh, in our working youth development. And I remember everything from that day. But most importantly, I remember her from that day. The way she just lit up a room, the way she just smiled, the way she interacted with adults, the way she modeled behavior, the way she just lit up the whole room. And I had to get her on after hearing her at a conference as a keynote speaker. And she just really talked about self-care and self-love. And I think we often need that reminder um, to continue or to even just start self-care for ourselves, especially during this time that we're in right now. So as always... Thank you for your support. Thank you for the love, rate, comment, share, review, whatever you need to do. Uh, And enjoy this episode. And I hope you all come back. Okay, so, I mean, obviously the first thing I kind of want to jump into is how did your journey of a life coach begin? I mean, start to start to where you started and then from where you are right now. How, what was that like for you? Oh, I love this question. So <laughs> it actually takes me back, you know, back when there were landlines, there was this thing called three-way calling. <laughs> And we thought it was the best thing ever. So I would get one friend on and then get another friend on and it would be group coaching. I would ask them questions. I would sing to them. I didn't know it was coaching back then because as a field, like a life coach didn't exist yet. But I've always like created these experiences from my friends individually and in groups over the years. So after having several, you know, of my curated experiences, one of my friends in adulthood said, have you ever thought about being a life coach? And I'm like, what is that? Because I had not heard of it yet. And it was fairly new as a field. So I started looking into it and it was so perfectly aligned with everything I'd done up to that point from being an after school program, you know, um, director to being a teacher to going into social work, which led me into facilitating trainings and experiences for adults who work with youth. So all of the things I'd learned around adult learning research and making things engaging and fun, I took that 
And I went and did the coaching certification and I infused the two to create my own coaching approach. And it was so perfect because over the years of working with young people and adults who work with young people, I'm like, dang, adults, we need this care and development and attention just as much as young people do. Just because we turn 18 does not mean our needs stop. So in working with so many of the amazing adults who have dedicated their life to children, I'm like, I want to help y'all. And I had been doing that through trainings, but people had been coming up to me after training, just wanting to know more. And so once I tested it out with a group of women who I all met, you know, in youth development organizations and, and my nail artists, <laughs> it was so magical. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I knew this worked, but this really works. And this is really what people need right now. So it really made me kind of shift my career in that direction. Okay. First things first, landline three-way calling. You just took it. <laughs> and I like, you know, I, I remember that, right? Because you had to you had to click the receiver to dial someone else in and then hurry up and click back over once they clicked in. So you how yes. often were you doing that with your group of friends? Like, how often was that happening? It was regular, honey. And don't let me get started on when caller ID became a thing. Like, <laughs> that was the high top notch technology back then. But I, but you I have to share this story. So I have always been creative. So when three-way came out, I would like call a stranger, then hurry up and click over and call another stranger, just making up a number and then put them together. And they'd be like, hello, hello, you call me. No, you call me. And I'd just be laughing on mute, honey. Um, (laughs) So I I just thought three-way was amazing, but yes, that is how it worked. And I guess we have it on phones now, but I feel like we rarely talk on phones these days with all the other innovations in technology so you were just out here prank calling people at that point <laughs> and confusing people okay I appreciate yes that. it was the best so you mentioned you know helping adults and I said it in the intro that's that's how you and I cross paths and I think that I have seen you in person a few times before the TLT training but never in that space where and even in that space, we didn't have a lot of one-on-ones, but it was a very small, intimate group. What, maybe 10, 12 of us, I think, maybe in mm-hmm. the room. It was a very small group. Um, and I, again, just the energy and the presence and you understanding that, yes, our needs still need to be met, right? Taking those breaks, having those snacks, taking those walks. Um, how, how many, and I guess this is just, for me, how many times do you get feedback from, from adults saying thank you for that? Just those simple little needs being met and then being able to take those to our students and understanding that this is real, right? Students do need breaks all the time. They do need, sometimes they are hungry and sometimes we just need to chill and, and, and have a snack. How often do people just say thank you? You know, even if they don't say it verbally, I see it in people's faces, in their Mm. reactions, in them laughing, in them authentically connecting with people. And it's interesting how like over time we forget that we need to have fun too and we need to dance and we need to be silly and talk to our friends. And so somehow, you know, society has said, no, let's just discipline children and make them walk in straight lines and work. And it's like, no, I mean, think about all the things we need and we want as adults. Those are the same things young people need. And Mm -hmm. so it also was informed by, you know, being in audiences and being in trainings and being bored to smithereens. And like, I would show up in front of an audience how I would want to be engaged Mm -hmm. because I knew I needed time to think. 
and reflect on what I heard and process it with other people. And there's really research that backs all of that up. So I think sometimes we get in our own way by maybe reverting back to the way things were done to us or the way things were done in lecture halls in college. And I also see sometimes people not even consciously making it about themselves. Like I'm nervous and I want to be good and right and perfect and, and the expert. So let me do it like this. And it's like, no, you too are inhuman and people appreciate you showing up as your whole authentic self mm. because it gives them permission to do the same. Mm. Mm. I feel like I'm back into OT training. <laughs> I just got back. <laughs> I just got back to that space because I mean, and and sometimes I'm able to go back to that visual because I mean, as much as I like don't like dancing in public and you making us do those silly dances, it was helpful. It was helpful. And it was a moment for us to kind of just step outside of ourselves and just be goofy and take a break and get back together. Um which is something that I try to do with my students virtually now too, right? Like I'll just throw mm-hmm. on some Beyonce and we'll just jam it out for a little bit and come back when we're, when we're ready to regroup. Um, with the coaching and, and the trainings, you are a huge, huge advocate for self-love and self-care. When did that incorporate with, was that always with the, the trainings and the coaching or was this something that came later on? It definitely came later. Like I may have talked about it early on, but I wasn't walking the talk, right? And so it's funny, I just wrote about this in my newsletter on Monday. There came a day where, you know, I started doing all this personal work and and professional development for myself to kind of grow personally and professionally. And so that made the work grow. I was getting more speaking engagements and more bookings for trainings and just like everybody's like, we need Monica. And so my poverty mindset of growing up and not having sometimes made me say, I can't leave any money on the table. So let me just work, work, work and say yes to everything. And then one day I had literally worked 12 days in a row. I'd probably been in three different cities and states. I was doing trainings and speaking engagements and panels. And I said, wait a minute. First of all, I am not a robot. I am a human. And this feels horrible. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm becoming resentful. I'm not grateful. And so it really made me realize that to be able to show up, you know, as my highest and best self for my clients and for myself, I needed to take a break and truly embrace self-care, not just talk about it, not just share posts and memes, but like really do that thing. And so now I know that that is so important for all of us, especially in these service fields where we're teachers or we're working with young people or we're caregivers or we're parents, we're constantly pouring out, but not refilling our cup. Mm -hmm. So we are literally sitting around like a dry chip (laughs) about to blow away in the wind at any moment because we have not done what we needed to take care of ourselves. So I am, you know, just from knowing the adverse physical and mental health Um, things that can happen when you don't, I am all about it now. And I feel like the best way is not only to talk about it, but also to model it for people to Mm. see that it's possible to both practice it and also, you know, make the income you want and also um, still show up and do all the things. Right. I want to know for someone um, who, let's say, this is new, right? Self-care is new. This is their first time where they're able to put themselves first or do things that they want to do and take care of themselves. What are some best practices to just kind of ease into that routine? I love that you mentioned it because I think the thing that 
deters people from it is media and social media has made it seem so fancy. Take this luxurious bubble bath with candles all around <laughs> and play your music. And it's like, no, okay. If I have young people running around, I have to do their school and I'm doing full, you know, I'm working full time. Like who can do all that? So I believe in micro movements. So literally micro movements, I was just reading in on my Fitbit today. Let me see if it's still here. Research shows that adding two minutes of walking to each hour actually is linked to longer life expectancy. So instead of like, I've got to do an hour at the gym or the treadmill, you better walk for two minutes mm -hmm. <laughs> in between your Zoom meetings and just start off small, make your bed. People are like, what? But it's like that small bit of accomplishment. And then going to this luxuriously made bed when it's time for bed and having the ritual of pulling back the covers. So start small and those small things will add up and really give you this sense of accomplishment. So even if it's a one minute walk or a 30 second dance party or you know my favorite creamer in my coffee today, start small and manageable and accessible and it doesn't always have to be these fancy things like massages or things that cost money mm. it's just the simple things of checking in with yourself and having meetings with yourself to really ask your body and your soul what you need no I appreciate that because I think you know like you said it's become kind of like this wave for people to just kind of do it and sometimes showcase that they're taking care of themselves but it's almost mm -hmm. just like, are you actually doing that? Like what, just because you posted this or you're talking about it, what is this actually doing for yourself? So even if it's just like, I mean, my desk is covered in post-it notes of just writing little things down or just like you said, simple, small things to just start doing for yourself, which is something that I didn't take into consideration until maybe I turned 30. So last year, because mm -hmm. I was such a giver. I got to make sure everybody else is good before Tay was good. I got to like, you good, you good, you good. And by the time I realized that I needed to fill myself up, I didn't have anything else. Right. Yep. And you talked about last week, the containers and that just like, whew. but it was yep. something that like I had been learning through 2020. So I'm wondering if you could just, it, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful keynote, but if you could just give me a small glimpse of that container conversation, because it was so significant to me of understanding that this is a real thing it's an emotional container it's a mental container it's a physical container it's all these things that we're, we're giving to other people that sometimes we might not have to give to ourselves yeah and I think actually this came out of the training of trainers that you were in I don't know if you were in the room but like a huge emotional explosion occurred and so I used to talk about like fill up your cup and only give from the overflow so that's still you know, applies, but there's something bigger. Like when we are in the giving space, which a lot of us are now, you know, even if we are not social workers or educators, we are parents, we are caregivers for those who are elder or who are, you know, experiencing chronic illnesses. So in that, in that vein, we hold space for other people. So as a coach, I hold space for other people's emotions. People share things that are upsetting them, that are bothering them, that they're worried about. And like, I'm just kind of taking that all in and being neutral and just asking questions, not giving any judgments or opinions or assumptions, but taking in the young people that we work with, our children, our spouses, our friends, like all of their stuff is, think of it as a literal container that you're just filling with other people's trash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not always trash, but it's stuff. And so you're holding that. And so you have to be intentional about 
managing that. So that may mean finding a way to empty the container. So you have a trusted professional, like a therapist you can talk to, or you have your journal. That may mean, um, you know, closing your container. There's only so much that you give to others throughout the week before you decide, okay, that's enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm filled. And then you have to also, what was it? It was um, find a new, so empty the container, close the container or find a new container. So stop taking it in, have your limits, have your capacity, find a way to empty it out or clear it out so it won't keep building up and then affect you adversely or find someone or something else to be the container. And I say the training with trainers you were in was when that whole idea came to mind because I was holding space for a lot of adults that were having really height, the heightened emotion ex emotional experience and still having to lead this training and the other staff that were there that I had to support. So I couldn't just be like, in the middle of it, I could have, but I had to hold it together because we were on a time schedule. People had to get their certifications. So it wasn't until I was on my drive home that I talked to a really close friend and she was like, mom, you're always a container for everyone else. Let me hold space for you. And I just boo hooed mm. so hard because it's true. And I think, you know, we see that meme, check on your strong fans. I think people forget that the ones who are always helping, who are always strong, who are always listening, need that same type of support too. And maybe even more. 100%. I, like I said, it, it just held such a significant value for me because again, as someone who wants to make sure that everyone else is good before I am, because I, I don't know where this mindset came from. I'm going to blame my parents, but it's not like a critical blame. It's, it's just, it's a beautiful blame. I just made that up, but that's what I'm going to call it. But um, I remember texting with people wh while you were saying that and was just like, just let you know, like, I'm a container and I'm here for you or like, you know, just like send them little things because I don't, I think sometimes with me, I sometimes keep a lot of um, what I'm feeling inside because I don't want to burden people with their containers and me feeling into their containers, which is why I'm such now like an unspoken advocate for, you know, therapy I've been going to therapy for a full year and it has been the greatest thing that I've could have done for mm -hmm. myself because I learned that I didn't have to hold everything in and that that I could trust certain people with things to put in their containers that you know just learning where to source it and where to put it and have to have these conversations so I definitely appreciate that and I don't remember that from TOT I might not have been in the room during that yeah, there was another room. I think you were in the other room and it okay. happened because when we split up for the presentations, but uh, you made me think of something else really important too. When you said that you hold a lot in what I have learned from experience is that when we hold that in, it's going to leak out or spill in some way. Right. So whether it's us blowing up at somebody who just said something simple, like <laughs> why you got that Nike hoodie on? What do you mean? <laughs> so it's like either we're going to like lash out at someone or a lot of times for me, it shows up in weight gain, especially in my stomach. So it is like real energy that goes somewhere. And even if you don't talk about it or, you know, share or write about it, it's going to find some way to come mm -hmm. out. Your hair might fall out. So either physically or verbally, mentally, it's going to come out some way. So that's another reason why it's so important to have that outlet so that it won't come out in a way that you don't want it to. Yeah, I mean. It was so it's interesting that you said that because I was having a conversation right before this call was having a conversation with another coordinator about um, youth in and using our virtual space now to kind of build a community that 
is still safe, right? In person, it's so easy to build those communities with our students because we see them, we, we have their personalities, we're having to, we can have in-depth conversations. On the screen, it's a little bit more challenging, right? Because there's distractions, okay. there's pe- people in the background, there's, sometimes they don't have their cameras on. I don't know who I'm talking to on most days. Like, I don't know who's sitting there. But um, just thinking that as I was growing up, if I had understood that I didn't have to keep everything in and that I could have a, a source of a person to have challenging conversations with, um, I think that a lot of things that I went through coming into adulthood might not have happened the way that they happened because I was able to express and just have a conversation. So I, I truly appreciate that. And I do think that we still need to understand as educators that our students are also the source of containers as well for their parents for their school for their peers for social media for everything that they're feeling um yeah man that yeah I mean that's and that's powerful I I love my parents God bless them but I remember like breaking up physical fights when I was in elementary school you know things like that and just imagine like having to go to school after having had to do something like that and you're just trying to be a kid out in here in these streets you know right, right. so that's the other thing you talked about you know people's screens being off and, and boundaries are so interesting now they're like a whole other conversation I don't I'm, I don't ever put too much energy into being hard on people because their screens are off Mm -hmm. because you never know what is going Mm -hmm. on. And sometimes people just need that simple boundary. It does not mean that they're not engaged. And you, sometimes I ask myself, is it about me? I just want to see them. (laughs) And it is important to try to see people's facial expressions and that they're engaged, but you never know what someone is going through or what's going on in their background. So it's like, just, you know, I sometimes give people that space and grace of like, Hey, if you, if this just not a day to share your screen, I totally understand. I've been there no and that's that that holds such a true value because again from your keynote it was just like you could type it in chat box you could type it on here you could say it out loud whatever you're comfortable with I'm cool with um which I appreciate because I'm someone that won't always participate and I'm just kind of in the chat box you know messing around with my camera off but I do I do appreciate that I want to move forward um because I definitely want to direct people to you and to your website, monicamariejones.com. And you have two significant things, I think. You have this mindset quest and you have the mindset mastery movement. Can you break those down for me? What, what are those exciting things? Absolutely. So along my coaching journey, I was trying to figure out like, what type of coach am I? Because life coach doesn't quite feel right. And just like self-care, that's one of those terms that has gotten trendy and begun to kind of lose its meaning and value in some ways. So as I started working with my clients, I realized that what had happened to me because I tested all this stuff out my, on myself and what was happening in my clients was a shift in mindset. So let's take money, for instance. Um, you know, as an adult, I started making money, but I was always still stuck in this poverty mindset. So I couldn't keep money. So there had to be a real shift that happened before I was able to, you know, sustain and then increase my income and my and my relationship with money, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, I've realized that all of this work is really about shifting mindsets. All, everything we have or need is a lot of times already in us. There's just something we got to tweak there. So the mindset quest is actually a self-guided course that contains all of my coaching content and approach that I've developed up to this point. So think videos, activities, downloads, all of that. And this has been a huge goal for a long time. 
that is connected to my self-care. As you know, I was training all the time. I was traveling. I was in multiple cities each week, multiple states. And I'm like, I'm only one person and I can only be in one place at one time. How can I have a greater reach and a greater impact? And a lot of people in trains have been saying, you need to do videos. You need to automate yourself so we can go figure out some activities. So I literally hired someone to build out a whole automated course. So if anyone just self-paced on their own wants to go through my coaching program they do that through the mindset quest and then the mindset mastery movement is the live group coaching community so that's where those people get also get access to that automated course but then they get me and another set of dynamic coaches for weekly live group coaching so we're doing the activities in real time we're getting to talk they're getting to mm -hmm. connect with each other in a safe space virtually of course and then once a month I do a master class on some topic and I try to be responsive to what people need so when the pandemic hit it was like eight coping strategies for challenging times or you know the art of productivity in a online environment and um, the other thing I'm really excited about with that is I do a quarter retreat for right now they're virtual but it's going to be like one Friday night in March June and September where I encourage people to like go get you a hotel room or Airbnb or find a room in your house where you can really get away and retreat and I'm actually doing some rewards of hotel rooms to people who have reached their milestones and the goals they've been setting in the work and we are going to go deep and we're going to have fun and we're going to have themes and prizes and gift boxes and all this good stuff so it's like a coaching experience with a nice little curated community of care. Not only are you getting experienced coaches, but there's so much power in people being able to connect and talk with each other and share experiences. So that's just as valuable. So that's the Mindset Mastery Movement. I mean, that just sounds badass. Like that just sounds, I would, I would do that. And I don't like being in a group of people, but you made it sound super safe and comfortable to the point where it's like, I could definitely use a retreat for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I just, and again, I just want to reiterate all of these things that you're kind of talking about with, with the energy and the passion behind it. I just really want people to understand that this is, again, I was talking about it in therapy last Thursday when it was like, I think after you and I had just connected and I told my therapist, I was like, I got this life coach and her name is blah, 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 blah. And we were just like going on and on. And I was like, you know, how some people are just good at what they do and they don't mm -hmm. have to try really hard. And my therapist was like, yeah, I was like, that's Monica Marie Jones. Like, you're just, you're just good. You're just, I just always feel, uh, what's what's the word I guess successful in your presence right like even just I just feel like I can I can do whatever I'm supposed to be doing within that hour or within that time or within that space just by you standing there and just smiling right just just the aura mm -hmm. of you so I I just appreciate your presence your presence 100 percent um because like I said the first time being kind of like in an intimate space was the TOT and I got to see what what Amanda and, and Kate would tell me, like how great you are and, and how fascinating and how much they loved you and appreciated you. It was like, nope, okay, nope, I got it. I understand. I uh I had to get you on. 
I just had to. <laughs> I had to, yeah. I had to and you know it. what? I, I believe that there is that sweet spot for everyone, but everyone mm. is not operating in it. So one of my friends calls it your magic. And I've been reading a book lately. Oh, so good. It's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about the zone of genius. So throughout our life, we end up kind of getting comfortable in the zone of excellence. So that's something like we do really good. People compliment us on it. Um, we make good money, but it's like comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about the zone of genius being like that thing you were born to do. And I feel like I've always, I feel like that's slightly changed over time. It's always been kind of connected, but I've always like went to that space, even if it wasn't comfortable, even if there was, you know, not money attached to it. It's like, I have to do what I'm born to do. And I think when we see people in that space, that's when we're seeing like, wow, there's something about them. It's like they have tapped into their zone of genius. And when you are really true to that, then all the other things come. But so often we just kind of get stuck in our zone of excellence, which is great. And it sounds good. Excellence is a powerful word, but there's another level. Um, and it brings you so much satisfaction in all of the people whose lives you touch. I'm just... Yeah, no, I, I I think that's kind of the journey that I've been on. I know we're kind of just only in the second month of 2021, but that that feeling of another level that you just spoke of is something that I'm it's 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 stirring. It's 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 happening. It's it's coming along. Um so I only have two more questions for you. And and one is I guess just kind of what's next for you? What is something that you haven't accomplished yet? that you want to? Yeah, so I, you know, I haven't said this super publicly yet, but I have been <laughs> letting some people know that I, five years ago, or a little under five years ago, I set this goal of free by 43. Now I have been in my own business in the youth development field for like 17 years now. So I've been a consultant that, you know, you know, I have clients and all these organizations you see me work for. So I'm not an employee of any organization. I've always been an entrepreneur, but education, social work, after school, the youth development field has been my entire teenage, young adult and for real adult career. So as I began to do this coaching, I'm like, oh, this is it. So I have been over the last five years intentionally identifying and developing other dynamic talent in the field of youth development so that I can gracefully exit and retire and go into just full-time coaching. Um, so my birth, my 43rd birthday, free by 43, is November 1st. So I'm giving all the last goods I have. That's why you saw me do that keynote to the youth development field, which I feel has raised me. You know, I, I sometimes I think we gravitate toward the work we do because there's something in us that's not fully developed or maybe we didn't feel we got as a young person. So I'm like, dang it, youth development then developed me as a human. <laughs> and now I'm here. And now it is my duty to go and really dig in and go deep with working with women in particular. I have a few male clients or like organizational clients, but with this coaching, because I feel like that now is where I can really make the biggest and the deepest impact. So that is the big what's next. I'm having a retirement party of some hey. sort, even if it's by myself um, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, going out with a bang and just, you know, one honoring all that the youth development field has given me, but also giving this coaching work the true attention that it deserves. I am sending you 
all the energy you need to get to November 1st for that for you. Cause it, you got it all, whatever you need, take all my energy. You could, I want that for you. <laughs> I want that for you because I think too, as, as, as I'm watching you talk about coaching and, and there's a, there's that passion, right? There's that, fi- there's that light. Like you just, you you smile every time. So that's how I know it's like, this is real. This is not something that you're just doing. This is what you, you were called to do. And um, I like to think that I'm kind of like a product of that. Like that short amount of time with that TOT training, I learned more in any other training just for like interpersonal skills and communication skills and understanding that there is something on another level for me if it's not coordinating, right? Maybe I want to, Mm-hmm. I want to train like I mean you and Roger just made it so fun like it just it was just another because sometimes I feel like I kind of get stuck in like the glass ceiling of of coordinator right like how how much further can I can I go and mm-hmm. that was just another light of an opportunity like okay here's another option here's something else that you could do here's something else you could take away from it so I truly again I know I keep saying I appreciate you but I honestly I really mean that um and then my last and final question as always do you have a win for the week, a high win mm-hmm. or a low win? Yeah, so it's interesting. I'll say they're both high, but it's, it's interesting, not in the way you might think. So one really important part of like boundaries and growth is being able to say no mm. to things. And so as I shared, I get a lot of like opportunities and invites to do speaking and panels and lead groups and that. And so over this past week, I submitted two proposals. One was for a panel and one was for like starting a whole nother group, just like the, the, the mindset mastery movement that I have. And first, I was really intentional about charging my worth. I think sometimes as women, as women of color, as black women, we really underestimate our value and our worth and our expertise and people will let us, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So I charged a price that was absolutely worthy of the work. And I was excited when they said no, because one, that gave me my time back. And that made me say, hey, I didn't back down or shrink myself or try to accommodate. It's like, no, this is what it is. And, you know, it was so exciting to just be in a space now where it's like, yeah, I can turn things down to do Mm. what's best for me. Um, And just like you said, being able to see me in front of the training, to me, it's very important to live and model what's possible. So just by someone seeing what I do, I think that's a really important contribution back. And the other thing was um, for a panel where, you know, I stated my price and what I was committing to. And they came back and like, okay, for that price, can you also do this and this and this and this? And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm at capacity. Like, don't be trying to, you know. strain some juice out of raisin I don't know whatever it is but it's like no I am at capacity I can commit to what I stated and if you would like to me to refer someone else who this mm. might be a better fit for mm. I'm happy to make a recommendation mm. so for me that was such a huge win because I think we get scared and we get nervous and we think how dare I turn down money how dare I say no but we have the right to negotiate for what we're worth and we are highly worthy and valuable so not only knowing that remembering that but taking action on that was a huge high win for me like just the gems that and just the wise words that you just dropped right there because I I have a lot of friends that are in this place in their career 
um, you know, former athletes or current athletes and people are asking, can you run camps? Can you run trainings? Can you do this? Um, but there's no compensation for their time. And for someone who is kind of trying to start out in that career path, it's kind of like, okay, I'll do a few yeses. But at some point it's just like, when are you going to pay me for my time, for, for my planning, for my driving there for like, when does this become even? And not to say that it's all about the money, right? Because it's the kids and what you do and the impact. But it's still like, if this is something that I'm doing for you, what what am I going to get out of it as well? Um, Mm -hmm. So I truly appreciate you saying that because I think it is hard as as Black women to silence ourselves in those moments and just say, okay, or just say yes. Um, And that really just has to come from us and believing in ourselves and our self-worth. And understanding that we do have a choice and we can say mm-hmm. no. So the fact that you said you felt excited when they said no, I was like, what? Excited. But now I understand yep. like, yeah, y'all didn't understand what this was. And um, now I understand that you don't get it. And that's OK, because I mm-hmm. understand who I am. Um, I appreciate that so much. I think that's so needed, especially in our community, um, for people to hear, because it's just so many times we get taken for granted. Um and if we don't start, then the younger generation won't see that it's possible as well. Absolutely. <sighs> that was good. I appreciate you. I just <laughs> love you so much. Like, I just like, I was just texting people like, you never know who's coming next. Guess who I got? <laughs> like, it was like, it's prime time for me. This is prime time for me. Yay. Well, I'm so happy I could be here and support this. I love this. And please continue to let me know how I can help to support whatever you are doing. Don't tell awesome. me that. Don't tell me that. Cause I'm, I'm going to blow you up now. I'm, every week you can get an email from me. every week, every week, but I, I thank it. you so much. And I appreciate you. And just, I know you don't need me to validate or say this to you, but just please continue to keep being you because there are people watching you and we, we honor and appreciate you. And you are a true divine privilege of, of a successful black woman and doing her thing. And I, we need you. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me.